Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Welcome back to Ag Credit Set It. I'm Matt Adams, here today with Brenna Finnegan for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're looking forward to another good episode, aren't you? I'm always looking forward to this. This is, uh, I always tell people, it's one of the perks of the job here, getting to do the podcast. It's been uh, just great to get different information and topics out to our members and all the potential members out there listening. Exactly. That's what we're here for, to get all that info out. So why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests? That sounds great. So today we're talking with two of Ag Credit's regional managers, Holly Gates and Josh McBride. They're going to give us a little insight to the credit side of Ag Credit. Welcome, Holly and Josh. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Brenda. I'm happy to be here. Talked my uh, counterpart into joining us today. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having us. And <laughs> I've always been told since I was a little kid that I got a face for radio. So I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> well, we are we are very delighted to have you guys here today. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Let's start with having you guys both introduce yourselves, your roles here at Ag Credit, and how you became or got into those roles here? So I guess I'll start. My name again is Holly Gates. I am a regional manager. I've been here uh, just shy of nine years at Ag Credit, came right into the role as a regional manager. But for 28 years before I arrived here, I worked for Farm Service Agency um, doing pretty much the same job that a branch manager would do here. I was a farm loan manager, made farm loans for the federal government. How many offices did you oversee um, when you were with FSA Holly? So originally, I was farm loan manager for Tiffin. I covered four, then six uh, counties at that point. And then um, a counterpart had retired up in Defiance and more with less. They asked me to take over that office as well. So before I left to come to Ag Credit, I was taking care of 12 offices or 12 counties in Northwest Ohio. Oh, wow. And I'm sure with that time, you've seen a ton of changes in the farm loan system. We're just on the FSA side and here at Ag Credit as well. Yeah, when I first got hired, I came to um, farm lending shortly after the crash in the 80s. I started December 1985, so I was... Right in the heat of things. Yeah, I wasn't here for the actual crash, but I was here for the cleanup. So probably for the first 10 years of my career, we worked on distressed accounts, um, restructuring accounts, and trying to keep customers on the farm. For the last um, 15 years, I was probably at Farm Service Agency. We worked more on beginning farmer-type loans, so we were really um, considered a lender of first opportunity at that point instead of the lender of last resort that we used to be in the 80s. And I think that's one thing to note. We'll get into that deeper here on this episode is a lot of different programs that we utilize as Ag Credit to work with those young producers and uh, working hand in hand with uh, the FSA. So Josh, go ahead. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. My name's uh, Josh McBride. Um, I've been here at Ag Credit 12 years now. Um, I've had a 
few different positions. I started as an account officer, uh, went to a credit analyst, and now I'm in my current position of regional manager. So seen a little bit of everything here at Ag Credit. I was born and raised in Hardin County on a family farm, and I still live there today and help, help out on the farm. So, you know, it's in my blood, whether it's at my day job or my, my evening job. So, um, and, and Josh, you are recently a uh, new parent. How, uh, how old is, uh, is your young one now? Yes, Spencer. He's uh, 14 months, actually, here in a couple days. So he's walking, just starting to talk, say a few words. But um, that, that means you I, have to everything up about uh, about uh, a foot above his level, so uh, it, doesn't get everything off the shelves. And oh yeah, every he, cabinet. And, he's and already he's and already <laughs> he's already big enough to uh, open doors, so he's figured that out. We got <laughs> we got to lock everything at this point. So. Well, yours yeah. is about the same, isn't he? Yep. Uh, 13 our, months? Um, he just turned a year um, at the beginning of October. So, yeah, he uh, he became pretty mobile. Uh, you turn your back, and he was climbing the stairs. So now i got to go hunt up the uh, the gates of the stairs. And uh, it's just uh, – it it's pretty entertaining, but it's also nerve-wracking, too. So, <laughs> and, and I'm sure if yours is like ours, he loved combines. So oh, yeah. He loved riding a combine. First, uh, first harvest, so he got, got his first combine ride, and uh, – Literally would not come out. Usually he goes right to his mom's arms when he sees her, but uh, he, he wasn't leaving the equipment. So it's kind of a kind of a proud dad moment. I'll I'll say that. <laughs> That's right. Well, guys. So one of the big questions that I get as an account officer talking to new members and even uh, you know our current uh, long term members is, you know, when we talk about uh, where a loan request is at, and hey, we you know we're working with our credit department. They say, well, what what what's all in the ag credit? department for credit. So, you know, tell us a little bit, a little bit about that credit department here at Ag Credit, how we're structured and, uh, you know, what the purpose is. Yep, I can, I can start on the handle that one. So kind of give you an uh, overview of the structure of our credit department. So we have our chief credit officer at the top and then below them we have four of our position, Holly and I. So we actually have five now, but one is retiring in less than a month. So after that, we'll have four regional managers who cover all the branches. And then from there, basically our job is to, you know, help the branches with credits over a certain size amount. So anything that gets submitted to us, we'll review the credit package to make sure, you know, we're helping the customer as much as we can help and also protecting, you know, our risk to add credit. So that's kind of what we look for. Um, I know Holly um, may want to add some. Sure. Um, we do things like talking to the account officer about interpreting the policy that the chief credit officer has written. All credit policies do have to get approved by the board, but sometimes they're written where you have to kind of talk through some of those situations. Um, we also collaborate with the account officers trying to come up with some creative solutions for your customers, whether it's on the loan making um, new operation they want to get into, or maybe it's on the servicing side where they're struggling and we help to see if there's something we can do to restructure the package to make the payments easier for them to make. Um, we also are out at our branches pretty regularly. So we're out making farm visits, helping the offices feed the farmers. Um, last few days, I've been going out to the elevators. We're delivering lunch, uh, and the Tiffin office has been frying up hamburgers and hot dogs as customers come through the elevators. So those are some of the things that we do as regional managers. 
whenever the regional manager shows up, we all end up with food somehow. Whether yeah. it's you know that breakfast is or a lunch thing. You or pretty something. much know your lunch plans. <laughs> we have to stay on your good side. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think that's one great thing Holly brought up to note. You know, uh, we have our regional managers, part of the credit department, that do like to go out and meet our members, see the operations out there, really get to know uh, the different operations. I am sure both of you can attest uh, from the different areas you cover there's probably a lot of diversification in the different operations you see. Yes. So I cover Tiffin, Finley, and Van Wert, and I would tell you it's kind of night and day between the type of operations you have in the Van Wert Paulding area. I think if you don't farm at least 1,000 acres, that's a small customer. Whereas if I have a 1,000-acre farmer in Seneca or Hancock County, that's a large customer. So definitely I see some variances in my offices. How about you, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, I tell people, that's one of the benefits of our job. You know, one of the perks is we see a wide array of requests and operations and we kind of compare and contrast. Um, you know, it, it is good to see and go visit those members, uh, whether it's livestock operations to large cash grains to ag businesses. You know, we, we kind of see it all. And it's, it is, it is neat to see all those different, different types of businesses and how, how people manage those. So. Now, when it comes to a credit being really complicated, meaning like entities involved, multiple family members or other non-family members and whatnot, obviously you guys help us to completely pick it apart and go through and make sure we have everything aligned with where it should be within the package, correct? Yeah. So when most people think of credit or getting a loan, they're going to think of their credit score. You know, if I got a good credit score, I can get a loan, which is how it works if you go buy a, any type of vehicle or any kind of small, smaller request like that. The request that we're looking at, you know, we'll look at the CBI score, but that's only one piece of the pie. You know, we got six or seven pieces of the pie that we're trying to put this puzzle together to, to make the best decision, you know, for the customer and for ag credit. Because the last thing we want to do is set the customer up for failure in the end. So we want to make sure everything's accurate, correct. So we'll, we'll dive in, we'll take a deep dive, and we'll spend quite a bit of time on, on large credits to make sure we're, we're doing the best for everybody. I might go off, you know, our script a little bit maybe, but if somebody looking at their credit score, a lot of banking institutions really look at that as like their history of timeliness and all that their kind of stuff. Their timeliness yeah. and, you know, are they delinquent on a lot of stuff. So, yeah. And I, I think that's one thing, like you said, that that's one piece. But, yeah, I think a commercial bank probably looks at that a little more than we do. Josh, can you kind of yep. tell us how that, how that looks on when we start reviewing something? Uh, yes, you're right. Commercial banks do look at that more than we do. Um, personally, I kind of take the view of the credit score. You know, that's your history. So that's in the rearview mirror of how your ability is to manage credit in the past. That has nothing to do with the future. So we'll look at it to make sure, you know, it's at least acceptable. Even if there's no credit score because you've had no credits, we don't look at that as a bad thing. We kind of look at that as a good thing because you've been able to operate without debt up until this point. So from that point, then we'll do our own manual underwriting to kind of, you know, get a, get a good grade on the credit and make sure everything's good to go. So... Well, it's like looking forward. I mean, we take projections. We're very heavy on projections when we look at credit analysis and looking at the future of what the capability of that purchase will do for the operation. I think that's one thing that people neglect to like comprehend or understand fully is that we are looking towards the future. When you buy a piece of land, 
obviously you're going to do something with it, then you make the money to make your payments and things like that, not have everything in the past support it. C- correct. So we call ourselves cash flow lenders. So we, we base our decision more on expected cash flows in the future. We want to make sure it's going to be positive. Um, you know, there's some out there that are collateral lenders and they'll say, you know, if you got so much dirt, I don't care what the earnings are, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll lend you money, but we're not that way here. We want to, we, like I said, we want to do what's in the best interest of everybody involved. So, And I think that's one thing that really we take pride uh, as employees at credit is looking in deep into the credit packages for every member to make sure we're making that right decision for the operation. You know, I've told some uh, members, and I'm sure everybody at this table has, where just because we might be able to do something, sometimes it might not always be the best decision long-term for that operation. So we we always want – we're a relationship lender. We want to be that, that team member for you. Don't look at us as uh, just uh, the person you call when you need money. We want to be there every step of the way for you. So uh, going in a little deeper, so uh, kind of take it step-by-step step here. So I, as an account officer, have a new member. We've got a loan request on the table. We're ready to send it uh, to our credit analysts and up to the credit department. So when it hits your guys' desk, what are the steps that uh, we go there then to uh, get the answer to the member? (laughs) So as um, Josh touched on, the account officers or the credit analysts are putting together a projection, and that projection is going to be based on their historical earnings unless you're going to see a big change. So if they're taking on additional ground or if they're purchasing additional ground, we're not going to look just at the historical trend. We're going to see what that does if you add the additional farm. We do talk about, uh, look at changes in the operation, such as if they're taking on an additional farm, if they are adding a new enterprise to the operation. We have a lot of contract livestock buildings up here, so we see those pop up periodically. We also look at what kind of capital purchases they purchased last year. Did we pay cash for those? Did we finance that? If we financed it, we want to make sure we include that in the projection. Um, We also look at um, if they're carrying any open accounts, things that couldn't be serviced from last year. Obviously, that's going to show up as an indication in your working capital if you have positive cash or not. And open accounts, Holly. We're talking more along the lines if we have a a local co-op that uh, the farmer deals with. just like a open feed line or chemicals or something like that. Nothing that's really a term loan as much as something that's just kind of hanging out there that should have been, usually gets paid for with the year's harvest. Correct. I mean, they can be 30 days usually, um, but if like seed, they'll give you to the end of the year, zero interest. So those are things that we're looking for. Usually that's unsecured debt that's showing up as a current liability. So those are some other things we look at. I don't know if Josh has more he wants to add to that. Yeah, I agree. You covered most of it. And what we'll do, once we have all that information, we'll kind of put the pie together. And at the end of the day, then that's where our job comes in. We'll make a decision on one way or the other. You know, uh, if we want to make changes, prove as is, or send it back for more information. 
Now, one thing as an account officer, I think our job is one, obviously working face-to-face and one-on-one with the borrowers or whatnot, but also searching for other solutions in order to make something work or um, get the job done, I guess you could say. (laughs) But we also work a lot with FSA. So you mentioned that you worked there before. Um, How do we go about working with FSA in order to make a deal work with somebody? So they have um, quite a few programs Uh, over the years. We've utilized their guarantee program to a huge extent. We can talk about that in a minute of why we use their guarantee programs. But FSA also has some low-interest, longer-term loans for purchasing real estate, making improvements to real estate. So we've utilized those programs as well, where we're going to lend a portion of the funds and FSA is going to loan a portion of the funds, say at one and a half or two and a half percent fixed interest rate. It's a win-win for the customer. He gets that lower fixed interest rate. Um, Usually we obtain a guarantee on those loans. There is no fee for those guarantees. So we try to utilize as many programs that are available under FSA, and they continue to put more opportunities out there. They've got some microloan programs. They can do down payment only type loans on their direct as well. Go ahead and explain a little bit what a guarantee is and why we would be focused or try to obtain one of them. Okay, so the guarantee program was probably established as a response to what was happening in the 1980s. Um, In the 80s, obviously, we had the farm crisis. FSA was Farmers Home Administration at that time. They had economic emergency loans and emergency loans, which were at a lower interest rate, trying to bail out Um, farmers from some of the higher interest rates that were going on at that time and keep them on the farm. But unfortunately, those come at a cost to the public. Um, It costs a lot more money to service those direct loans than it does a guarantee. So the, the government established the guarantee program, whereas the lender could keep the customer at their institution, but the government is guaranteeing it. If there's ever a loss, the government's going to pay that loss. So it's attractive to us because we have that backing from the government, but it also helps us keep the customer here. Um, The guarantees can also be used to offer opportunities, whereas we might not be able to do it because of the amount of funding they need. It might be higher than what we can loan under our policies. But with a guarantee on that, we can offer him the higher loan amount as long as the government's guaranteeing it. So there's some good opportunities there for both the lender and the customer. So, Holly, um, with FSA guarantees really on the ag credit side, for one, it's a tool we're using for that member to really tailor that loan to the best we can for them. But it's also mitigating the risk for the association. By mitigating that risk, uh, how does that in turn affect the association when we start looking at, uh, since we are a cooperative, 
how in a whole that reflects back onto us. I'm probably going to let Josh explain this one because he's probably more of the expert on the mitigating because it's um, helping us with our capital. Yep, sure. Uh, yeah, so the FSA guarantees, I, I will uh, put a plug in for us, though. Uh, we believe in them so much that we are the largest guaranteed lender in the country. So I think that's something that should be said there. Um, we, we have pushed them for a lot of years now. But uh, one of the big reasons it helps us is it helps us leverage our capital. So any guaranteed loan we have on our books, it requires us to put less capital out to fund that loan. So then in turn lets us grow more with less capital. And in the end, brings us back more earnings that we can pay out in patronage. So that that's the big benefit for, for ad credit, as well as helping customers where we couldn't make the loans without it. You know, that's it, it really does help those, especially those small YBS-type farmers. And I, th I think that's one of the big things that um, we really want to touch on. We look at our, you know, we call our Ag Start guys, our YBS farmers. There's a lot of good programs out there to utilize because uh, in today's agriculture, um, it's it's a battle if you're a young producer trying to get started. So anything we can do to help them with, uh, like Holly said, whether it be a, a down uh, down payment uh, program through the FSA or even their direct partnership loans. I know I've done a good uh, number with them with the FSA office I work with on just helping that operation get started. It's one thing I always tell our, our Ag Start guys is, you know, I, I hate to drain the operation of all of its cash right away just to do the first farm loan. So anything we can do to make it easier for them to uh, get started. And, and the programs are out there, and they're out there for a reason. Uh, so, Holly, we, we talked a lot of this came from the 1980s and the farm crisis. When we look at today and how these programs are utilized – um, do you see any changes in the future with, you know, we're talking about a new farm bill coming up and FSA, USDA gets all their funding from the farm bill. Do you have any insight or know anything that's going to be happening in the future with, uh, with that? I mean, will the programs, as far as you know, still be intact for the foreseeable future? Yes. I don't anticipate any changes there. We have talked recently to some of Ohio's Farm Service Agency, and they're confident that those programs will continue as is. And with uh, land prices the way they are today, as an example, the down payment farm ownership loan that you mentioned, that's a 5% down payment. 50% of the funding would come from us on the um, purchase that we have to write that loan for a, a term of 30 years. Then the other 45% comes from Farm Service Agency on a fixed interest rate of 1.5%. Theirs is a 20-year repayment. You can't get that at any other lender Nobody's going to be able to offer you that one and a half percent. They can't do. They can do all of it, but if that customer can get a portion of the funds from another lender, they have to go that direction. So um, it seems funding with the FSA is good these days. I know that I'm on a committee with Farm Credit Council that we're trying to continually increase, see if we can get their loan limits increased, um, hopefully with land prices, with uh, farming operations where they've grown to these days. The government keeps up and increases those limits. 
Yeah, and I think it's when you look at our industry in the last two years where, you know, we've talked about, I've told everybody, it's, it's the great land grab. Um, you know, now within the last uh, eight months, um, you know, we look at uh, what our interest rates doing. And I think by utilizing these programs and, you know, taking advantage of that for our members is going to be something for the foreseeable future that we're going to continue to do. And it's going to be a huge benefit to not only our members, but the association as a whole. True. I did want to mention our AgBiz department does utilize USDA's other guarantee program, which is under rural development. Josh might be able to touch on that a little bit. Um, well, they do use a couple of different programs, you know, without going into specifics. They're similar to FSA guarantees. They just work a little different, a little different fees and different guarantee percentage based on the loan amount. But yeah, yeah, we'll utilize, we'll work, do whatever we can for the customer to help them out any way possible. So we'll look at all options. And I think one thing, and we, we've talked in the past on our on our agribusiness side, we deal with some very large, uh, I always hate to use the term commercial operation anymore because a lot of our operation, even though it's family operation, commercial operation, these operations are, I mean, extremely large. Uh, I know we have some large greenhouses, dairies, stuff like that. So different programs to kind of fit the parameter of that business. Well, that's a lot of great information. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on Ag Credit Set It. If you are a young beginning or small farmer looking to build or purchase a contract barn, contact your local Ag Credit branch about the Ag Start program. We all start somewhere. Start here. Learn more at agcredit.net. So welcome back. We are still here with uh, Josh and Holly talking about. Well, right now we're going to go into rates. And, the the big uh, the big uh, thing that we've had uh, everybody's talking about. <laughs> I guess you could say our favorite conversation these days: uh, interest rates. Um, we all know that they are high. Recently, just increased again. Um, can you guys help explain some of the driving forces behind that? Well, that's a loaded question. How much time do we have here? <laughs> no, I'll kind of give the basics, you know, of what's driving our rates. Um, so at Ag Credit, our rates are pretty much driven off the United States Treasuries. So as they go, our rates are going to go. They won't always follow one for one, but they'll be close. You know, here and here this year, I know everybody's aware, you know, the Fed seems like every month it's raising rates. So as they raise rates, our rates are going to raise pretty much you know, they're going to follow it pretty close, I guess, is what I should say. Um, what's causing the Fed to raise rates? That's, uh, that's the trillion-dollar question, I guess. But uh, basically, they're trying to fight inflation. And the way they're going to fight inflation is raise rates high enough where it stops economic activity. So until that happens, I think we're going to see rates increasing here um, for the foreseeable future in the next year. So within our offices, the expectation, in quotes, is that traffic coming in requesting loans or funds or anything like that is going to technically decline in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. I think at, at some point, you know, the Fed's going to get its wish and economic, economic activity is going to slow down. Now, a lot of times the ag economy is works the inverse to the regular economy. So a lot of times when the regular economy goes down, ag economy will go up or stay up. So It'll be interesting to see what happens here if once we do go into a recession, if we do, I guess. Um, 
But in that case, at some point, high rates are going to take a toll, you know, on ag as well, you know. Now, looking at underwriting purposes, these high rates, looking at a package that we may have closed, I guess, a year ago at this time would have been really truthfully an ideal time to purchase something (laughs) in comparison. So you have the same amount of funds going out the door. So just say $100,000 to make it simple. In comparison, what effect does that interest payment that would be due affect the full package? It can have a large effect, you know, depending on the size of operation and how much they rely on credit. Um, you know, interest rates doubling or going up two, three hundred percent, you know, in a year, it could have a serious impact. Um, we've been blessed the last couple of years with high commodity prices, so that'll help offset some of the cash flow issues. But in the future, if they drop down, you know, these increased interest costs were could uh, could hurt some people. So, Josh, I know um, through a lot of the meetings you're part of um, within our district and uh, with the uh, the association, we started talking about our rates and different things we're looking to do to help our members and try and kind of head off this with anything that we can possibly do. You know, we, we use basically two rates um, here. We have a, our fixed rate and our variable rate program. Um, are there any programs out there that we're currently looking at and using to try and work on these rates? Yeah, Matt, that's, that's a good question. Um, the fixed rates, you know, we're at the mercy of the market, what that is. Um, there's not much we can do. Um, as far as variable rates, though, we do have a program that the state of Ohio offers. Or it's called the Ohio Ag Link Loan Program that we are able to offer members, which will help fix some of their variable rate operating lines of credit. Gotcha. And when we fix that line um, for our members, Josh, how long a term is that? Yes. So that that program, um, it's for 12 months. So, you know, our lenders will apply for for a borrower for the Ohio Ag Link Loan Program. And once it's approved and funded, they'll have a fixed rate for 12 months um, up to a maximum of $500,000 loan amount. And that that program is administered by the state of Ohio, and it's to help ag producers. They've they've done this for a number of years now, um, so it's a big benefit for our state. And especially, I think, uh, it, in this turmoil market we're in, where this is going to benefit a lot of our members, and also I think it's really going to strengthen the association too by you know helping back off on some of these variable rates a little bit and keeping more money in the pockets of our, our members to, uh, to keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've uh, been using this link loan program now this year. Um, they kind of changed it from prior years where we can apply every quarter. And I know some of the ones that got locked in earlier this year, they're saving a significant amount of money. So yeah, over two and probably towards three with this recent fed hike. So, and I, I think it's one thing to note too, uh, we are not all lenders utilize this program, correct? That's correct. Um, I know we are the largest user of it this year, especially. Um, there are some commercial banks that use it, but uh, a majority do not use the program. You so. get that personal invite to the uh, the governor's mansion, then yeah. and stuff like that. Since yeah, sort of- <laughs> I'll I'll send you a copy of that once I get that invite, Matt. So essentially, what we're doing is taking one loan, kind of breaking it into two loans. But shifting the loan, the 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 funds and whatever's drawn on it from the first primary loan 
over to the second one and leaving the first one as like it's just there open waiting for it to shift right back over to the other side, right? Correct. Yes. At, at this point in time, we got no product where we can fix a member's operating line of credit that they'll use to buy seed, fertilizer, chemicals, any kind of inputs. So this link loan program, you know, will fix that rate at a discounted rate for 12 months. And that's and that's the benefit. So, you know, a lot of members at, at our institution and a lot of banks will get these every month. They'll get in the mail, you know, your rate's going up, these little flyers, and this will help uh, alleviate some of that pain when you get that in the mail. So obviously, the higher the, the limit on the operating line, obviously, there's a lot more. I'm not going to say there's a lot more benefit, but the, I mean... It benefits everybody exactly the same, but it's just at a different degree, which obviously is a representation of the operation in the first place. Yeah, correct. Even a small loan, if it's a small operation, you know, that little bit of savings is the same as a big operation with the big loan. So, yeah, we're trying to help anybody we can. Just another tool that we can uh, add to our members' toolbox. Basically, just another benefit of being part of the association. So, do you guys have any advice for young farmers to help set themselves up for success and put them in a position to to grow in the future, especially with these you know uh, times with high interest rates. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say they say keep cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my first comment would be be patient. Opportunities will arise when things aren't quite as high as they are today. That's my first recommendation. My second recommendation would be to take advantage of some of the programs that are available at Farm Service Agencies. So if you are going to purchase a farm, if you're going to put up a livestock building, do any kind of an improvement, seek out your local FSA office, talk to one of the farm loan teams to see if you're eligible for their programs. And the other one that I had um, working at FSA for years was the recommendation to my customer was, I'm going to do some penciling, but it would be good if you sat down, penciled out the purchase. You do the projections. If you can afford to do it, if it makes sense to you, then approach your lender. But if penciling it out it doesn't look like it makes sense maybe it's best to wait it's kind of that the the old gut check you know write it down and if it doesn't look good to you it's probably not gonna look good to anybody correct do you have some recommendations josh yeah i I mean i agree with the patience it seems like a lot a lot of times in today's world you know everybody wants stuff now 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 but especially in our industry where we are moving at such a fast pace in the ag industry Correct. Correct. Yep. And so patience, I would stress that. The other thing I would stress is don't over leverage yourself right out of the gate. You know, we, we see that quite a bit where if you strap yourself too tight, it can take you years to recover um, versus, you know, kind of holding out and growing, growing more at a steady pace than trying to grow all at once. So. so talking about that, like an example of that would be, you know, we have somebody that comes in, we do an FSA guarantee for them on our loan, but then in two years they want to put up another barn or buy another piece of equipment or whatnot. How difficult does that make that? That makes it tough. You know, it all depends on cash flow. But like Holly said, you know, it'd be best if they had sat down before they bought that farm and say, okay, if I buy this in two or three years, if something else comes up, what chances will I have at being able to do what I want to do then? So I would... I would challenge them to, you know, put the pen to paper themselves and and write down, be, make it a true budget. You know, don't everybody likes to think their budget's better than it actually is, but 
I can remember uh, uh, just hearing some stories from talking to uh, other pe- other lenders and stuff where, you know, you'd have some of the old uh, guys say, well, what balance sheet do you want to, do you want to see, you know, the, the one with the, with the real numbers or the one with the, with the numbers I want to see on there. So, and I think, you know, as the, as account officers working with our members, it, that's, I feel one key advantage that we have is sitting down and working those numbers with the members, really getting that true snapshot of the operation and, you know, seeing exactly where we're at. Cause like you guys said, at the end of the day, we want to make the best decision we can for that member and we want them to grow. I, you know, we, we want to keep coming back and we want to see this operation succeed for not this generation, but then the generation after that. Yeah, it's all about education and that's part of our job. That is right. right. So, so that would be something that we would recommend is obviously call your ag credit office. I mean, whether we can help you, whether we can guide you to FSA or, you know, we do a joint venture with them, you know, that's, that's the whole point, and that's why we're here. We want to help people grow, and but most of all, I think we want to educate people along the way in regards to money and money management and things like that. Well, Josh, Holly, I want to thank you guys today for being guests on Ag Credit Set It. If uh, you guys have any uh, questions um, for our guests or um, any questions as a whole, uh, please don't hesitate to uh, email us or look us up on our website, www.agcredit.net. And make sure if you have any questions, call your local office um, if you're close to one. And also, if you have any questions on FSA programs, FSA uh, guarantees, um, definitely get on their website. You can uh, look up your local office. They'll have a number you can call, and uh, they'll be able to help you out through uh, every step of the way. So thank you for listening today. Please leave us a review if you're enjoying the podcast so that others can find us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Said It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag Credit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.